All right. Welcome to Pass the Mic for Friday, September 15th, 2023, episode 86 on Zoom. Joining me, Mr. Michael Gervasi. What's up? What's up? How are you tonight? I'm super. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm surprised there aren't like uh, posters of Jared Goff behind you and uh, Wayne Fonts and stuff. I, I'm surprised you're not wearing one of those blue ski masks. As a hey, matter of fact, I, they're I, sold I, out on Amazon. How are they going to? How's Ford Field going to work that one out this week? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, we start every episode with feedback, and what do you know? We have a guest here, the king of feedback. I'm going to yeah. call him the king of feedback. We get feedback. First of all, true story. I used to upload the episode for 6 a.m. Well, when we did these video episodes, it must be a streaming buffering thing. They would always be late. It would never be 6. It would be like 7. So I bumped it back to 5 a.m., which gets it closer to 6 a.m. Because Max would text us, Mr. Max Bailey, when I was doing it that way and say, hey, where's the episode? And it was buffering and getting up there. Mr. Max Bailey, welcome to the Pass on My Podcast. Often mentioned right up there with the Pates. I, if we had like a slash mark <laughs> competition, it'd be very no, close. The the Pates are, and Max, I'll let you talk here in a second. The Pates are going to be really upset about this. Um I think we're going to, I'm going to hear it from Deontay and Antoine, Sean Gordon, who already, well, you know, Bailey, Max, Max, Bailey, that whole thing's going to come. There's going to be a lot of envy on this one. Well, that's, um, you know, we've kind of had so- that in our back pocket. Um, Mr. Stoltz sort of recommended this. We're like, yeah, let's just do this now. Yeah. So, so here he is. He's going to start it off with feedback from last week. All right. Thanks for having me on. It's a little different being on this side. Cause I know I'm the butt of many jokes on this show. So I, Finally get to to be on here. Uh, my apologies to those that, that haven't been on that want to. But yes, I do have one, one feedback from last week. And it, it's actually relevant still because you guys were talking about college football week one and now week two was already passed. We saw how there really wasn't anything big, Clemson losing, this and that. The biggest story of college football and still the biggest story is Deion Sanders. Yeah. Like how, how you guys didn't mention Colorado and Coach Prime and all that he's doing. Like I, I just thought that was a huge omission. What are your thoughts on that? It was fun. Like, I, I love Deion as a player. I was never a Jersey guy, but when I was in high school, I had the Deion Sanders Atlanta Jersey. Uh, I loved watching him play football and baseball. And, and he obviously won at Jackson State, and he's winning now, but he has really good players. I mean, he had really good players at Jackson State, right? The the Hunter kid was, like, one of the nation's top players. His son was a four-star quarterback, and he's really good. So he's got really good players. So right. it's always fun when, you know, something new and exciting comes on the scene. So. We'll see how long it lasts. It's Mike. What like, are your thoughts? What do you ironic think? is the Pac-12 as they're like the going away present for them imploding. Um, I, I, you know, I now that I'm a state of Michigan man, I there's really very few college teams that I root against. I mean, I just sort of like to watch it for the enjoyment. You know, I I did enjoy Alabama losing, so watching Colorado do well, I was fine with. I will. I this I think this weekend is Pitt West Virginia, if I'm correct. Uh, so that is a game where I'll have high interest in. Uh, but I'm, I, I like what's going on out there. I mean, not much defense. I think what Oregon is going to be there. There's going to be some tough games out there for them. So we'll see what they're really we'll have, all about. Pac-12 is, is playing very well. Um, I, I think it's pretty cool. I, I do think it's a bit much at times, like, you know, Coach Prime on the you know, sweatshirts and all that stuff is, you know, the kids really seem to like playing for him and all that stuff. But I, I inherently, you know, I, I don't like when people make, themselves bigger than ever like you know when michigan first made the national title game in 2013 the fab five putting themselves on everything like come on man it was 20 plus years ago that's kind of where i'm at on this one but he is actually coaching and he's doing an amazing job and i like how he's ruffling feathers i like how he went after saban last year is not scared to do that so i think it's pretty cool now we got a much bigger local college football story going on right now we don't need to go down we, that road. we 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 i think we we've said this sort of topic before there's three sides to every story. And I think this is a perfect example of where that is. There's Coach Tucker's story. There's the young lady's story. And then there's the truth somewhere in the middle there. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't, I don't know, you know, but man, $80 million is a lot of money to lose. <laughs> that's what I, that's one thing I will say. I couldn't afford it. Max, any thoughts? No, I just, it's so early. I, I guess wait and see, see what happens. I mean, I, as a state fan, it's disappointing to hear because obviously it's not the first time stuff like this has been mentioned in connection with Michigan State. But, you know, it feels like, you know, Michigan's had it to Ohio State. Like, which Big Ten team isn't involved in this? Like, at some point, when are people going to not put themselves in this situation? Yeah. Well said. Do you have any other Come feedback, on. Mike, besides our the king of feedback? 
Yeah, Mr. Tony, Mr. Tony Saavedra, he really gave us uh, some feedback on chat GPT. Uh, seems to like it at work. Uh, Bill Bergai commented, uh, St Todd Steinmetz, based upon my, my Blue Zones thing, which Tom Pack did not like. Um, Bill Bergai really, he says Todd Steinmetz is going to live forever since he had, you know, plant-based diet. Um, and Bill is happy to drink two beers a day, he says. Um, <laughs> Family-friendly beers. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'll leave off. There's Max's comment about. Um, uh, there's Max's comment about Dion Prime. Uh, Geo, there's concern that AI will eventually turn, eventually, essentially take over. Um, so yeah, that and that's been around for a while. And I, I thought I kind of mentioned that. Um, another short joke. You you uh, it must have taken. Oh, the Mitch album thing. Another short joke. I did one again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, while saying you weren't, you snuck one in there. <laughs> the old, yeah, the old sneak attack. Yeah, so I guess that's it. Um, yeah. Well, you did. I, I find it funny you mentioned Tom Pack. We had our, and this was to tie in, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We had open house last night. We saw Tom, and there's a little awkward moment there where our former executive producer, Rocky Georgie, <laughs> who we fired uh, for after Tom Pack's great artwork, they sort of had a come together moment. It reminded me of George Costanza. I caught no web in my own lies. Um, <laughs> That's Coach Tom Pack to you, by the way. The I, oh, and seventh, oh, one seventh of the things, football. you know what? Uh, Crystal Fowler had a really interesting story. Um, her son has, you know, wanted to get, you know, we, we, I talked about the base bumping and all that stuff. And, boy, I sound old saying that. She Did mentioned you this yesterday. Yeah. yeah, so um, he went to Mickey Shore. Yeah, he's like, we're going to Best Buy. And she's like, no, we're not. And they took He's like, what's a Mickey Shore? <laughs> right. And Beth McLean, a teacher on our staff, told him some songs to play. So he's got the bass pumping out of his vehicle right now. Oh. So if you hear it in Gibraltar, it's probably Blake it's Fowler. Blake Fowler, yeah. So, All right, great feedback as always. Uh, I want to give Max a few minutes. You want to maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from. He is the, So I'm the dean of the high school. I think he's the dean of the middle school, right? Like we go by uh, seniority. If we go by seniority, there are seniority, people who have yeah. taught at, there are people that have taught at Shoemate longer than me, uh, because I, I started my teaching career at Hunter Elementary School for four years, and then I slid over. But I was hired before, like before Kathy Bilkins has been in the building longer than me, but not in the district longer. Well, I that, I still think that makes you the dean. I'm, I've yeah. officially, as the dean of the district, <laughs> I am awarding you the dean of the middle school title. All right, yes, I I believe I'm I believe I'm third in the district now. It just means I. I've been there a while. You know, I'm at the point in my career where we're starting to get some uh, sons and daughters of, of previous students. That's always a fun time. But yeah, 26 years in the district. And I, I have two daughters in the district, a seventh grader and a ninth grader. And my wife teaches at Carlson as well. So, you know, we're, we live in the district. We're just that Gibraltar family. It's been a, a great place to, to live and work for, for 26 years. You know, obviously met some terrific people. All right, it's no secret that I'm here because I'm close with both of you guys. And I kind of fun when you guys first told me about this i didn't know what it was and here it is was it two years later and it's still it's still entertaining i still listen to it every friday on my my way to work and usually you know right before i leave the house i'm hitting you up with the feedback or right when i get there yeah we're almost hearing about almost two years almost two years yes yes because when we, mike want we want to do the, the anniversary show right where we have guests from all over the uh country and you know what this reminds me and max you mentioned it. so um john the, the the guy that commented on your English uh, flub last week mentioned as he's getting caught up as he's listening to all these he says it's it's really cool to hear the evolution how how much better the show is as we go on oh really on. yeah well, I thought that was pretty cool to hear that well, that's that's good to hear yeah yeah, yeah I mean so. it's fun it's fun and you know we've we've discovered things that make it do better and you know and, and we've you know we've dropped the ball a few times we all have games like the Pittsburgh Steelers had last weekend where you just <laughs> come out come out flat and get smacked in the face right you're not like the lions yeah. no no, lions. no, no. <laughs> all right so with that we're going to do our standard uh questions that we have all guests so i'll go first i'm as max is a frequent listener he knows the questions well in advance obviously max i just asked this in my leadership skills class as they are doing their introductions one meal home cooked or out to eat what is the meal and how is it prepared well uh i think i'm going to make spaghetti I don't know how this this came about, but uh, I started doing this uh, on my birthday. You know how we are now. We're old. It's harder to go out and celebrate your birthdays. We're lucky if we get a meal at home with everyone. Uh, I started making spaghetti. Usually, uh, a couple things I, I might go to. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make spaghetti. I know my kids like it. I I, I enjoy it. 
it's one of the first things I learned to make once I moved out and was living by myself and realized I had to actually cook once in a while in order to do that. So uh, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm going to go with spaghetti. Do you make your own sauce? Uh, meat sauce, definitely. Uh, Mastacholi, okay. if we want to be technical on the pasta okay. type. Okay. All right. Mike? Max, who are you, one person alive or dead, who are you eating with? Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit and do two. I hope that's all right. But uh, I had two really important influences on, on me as I was like breaking into the coaching and teaching business. Uh, one of them was Steve Sims, who at 46 passed away of an aortic aneurysm. You know, he really had a way of connecting with kids, a great coach, a, a great teacher, a great mentor to me. Uh, and Bernie Holowicki, when I was starting coaching, he was the head basketball coach at Detroit Catholic Central, but he taught at an elementary school in my district. So I always kind of knew him just from the community a little bit. And then as I was getting into coaching, I started working his camps and uh, he became a friend and mentor to me. I worked his camps for so many summers and uh, just a great guy to talk to and really learn from. And both of those guys have passed on and it'd be great to have a, a meal with those two guys again. Well done. Well done. I, well, again, I, I didn't know the, I didn't know the second coach you mentioned, but Steve, um, I, when I first started coaching track and field, took me under his wing a little bit as a, when I was, as I mentioned before, just a doofus 23 year old. And this is guy was a legend of the Huron league coaching and treated me like I had been coaching for years, which as Max knows, many people in the coaching ranks of track and field are really all sports sometimes get a little pompous and think they're above everybody. Steve was never like that. You would, um, you would never know how many wins he had. Coach Holloway nope. was the same way. You nope. would never know how many wins he had. People come up to him all over the place, and he wouldn't think anything of it. Yep. And honestly, through Steve, it was he obviously was a great coach and knew what he was doing, but it was always he would the praise would always be on his team, yeah. not he, about what he did. He was good at at the playing dumb that you and I talk about. Sims oh, really yes. had had that down pretty well too. I think he may be a major influence on our continuing. That, that could be without dumb. us even realizing it. That yeah, was so it's sort of, we learned by that osmosis. It just sort of, I'm using too big of a word if we're playing dumb, but it, it sort of spread into us. And that's Max and I's old bit. We, yes. we like to do the playing dumb. Excellent choices all around. All right. So this, uh, Mike Gervasi decided this week he wanted to take the show and do sort of like a flip flop. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm sorry. You're not the show enough to know yes. what comes next. Yes. The Mike of the week. I'm sorry. You do have one for us. I'm glad I'm a loyal listener to, to know that Mike of the Week comes before we get into other things. So as you guys mock me often because I enjoy baseball and call me part of the baseball elite, uh, I felt it only appropriate I, I picked a, a baseball topic. Uh, when I was younger, one of my favorite players, not my favorite, but a guy I really did like, I played for the Philadelphia Phillies, mostly third base, hit over 500 home runs. Oh, wow. MVP. And ironically, he and I share a birthday. So I'm oh. with the great Mike Schmidt as my Mike of the week. Mike Schmidt. Excellent. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. Yes. Okay. We know how tough the baseball Hall of Fame is. So good choice. We'll get him up on the wall. We got some other baseball one, yeah. mics up there. You know what? Let me let me go off script here for a second, and then I'll explain. You could explain what we're doing, and I'll explain why. But, Max, real oh. quick, so you mentioned Baseball Hall of Fame. Let me just put you on the spot right here. Oh, man. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, do they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Uh, I guess it depends on what baseball wants, right? If on the field, sure, they obviously turned a blind eye for, for so much of that. You know, it seems it's like most things, right? There seems to be some hypocrisy because there's guys in there that have done some things and other guys that have not. You know, at, at what point do you forgive and, and move forward? I, I don't know. But if you really want to take a hard line, then keep them out. But if you're you know, going to apply that standard to some, or shouldn't you apply it to all? And those two guys were, I, I, I always like to point out, were yeah, assuming they weren't doing it before the steroids. I and I, I think it's right. They, they were going to be Hall of Famers. They were going to be right. They were the best at their positions. Respectively, the, the, the steroid use, no doubt, led to their longevity and then being sure, able to do that for sure. so. Much. I mean, both those guys played into their forties, I, I believe. Yeah, and we're and we're level. and we're productive. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, they, they they stayed at a high level their their entire career. Yeah. I mean, you imagine like if Miguel Cabrera played in that era and was able to to use those. Oh yeah, in these last few years wouldn't have been like these last few years. Right, right. All right. So now, do you want to explain what we're doing, Mike? Yeah. I, so yeah. we flipped uh, the the education. Um, we made we've decided to do education overrated underrated, and our topic is going to be sports related this week. 
And the reason I, I wanted to flip this is because the Lions won a pretty big game. And, and Max, you could speak on this because you were on one of the four or five text threads. I was on. In fact, you might have been on two of the four or five text threads I was on. And you even gave some emotion that you normally don't when they won the game. I believe there was a yeah with a, a certain word before it that is, is a family-friendly <laughs> show. Uh, I believe that was you. Um, I, think, I think that was uh, Mr. Sakura, the other member of the baseball league. Well, I know he did too, but I, I thought I, did. Cer- I certainly agreed with it. Okay, and, and I did as well, and I probably said the same. I mean, that was – so in my mind, this was one of the three best wins this century for the Detroit Lions, a regular season game. And so what I, I came up with this idea in my room, what is the best, sorry, I was talking to my daughter there. What is the best non-championship win you can remember one of your teams having in your lifetime? Uh, you know, just, and it's one game and it's not a championship. So what is the, the most memorable or the best game you can think of that one of your teams has had? So we're going there now. Yes, we'll go there now. You can take the first. Uh, I got baseball elite guy, right? I've been to a couple of playoff games that were awesome, right? The the A's in game five, eliminated Yankees, stuff like that. But, you know, at my core, I'm really a basketball guy. And probably the most memorable game, at least in recent memory, uh, of one of my teams winning was Michigan State 2019 Elite Eight. Uh, they beat Duke 68-67. Uh, the basketball nerd in me. Saw Tom Izzo call a timeout, ran a great play, and Kenny Goins, who wasn't going to be, you know, he wasn't one of the featured players, wasn't an all-Big Ten guy, stepped back and drilled a three very, very late in the game. Uh, they beat Duke. Duke had Zion Williamson, right? He was the the next the next great thing. Uh, superstars all over the place. And, you know, as we say, Duke is Duke. Duke is Duke. Uh, uh, Coach, Coach Izzo doesn't have the greatest record in the world against Coach K. So for them to beat them in 2019 – Go to the final four. It was a great game the whole way. Cassius Winston as you know, kind of led the team that year. And, and then when you think back too, there was no 2020 tournament. So that really stayed with you a lot longer, right? Mm-hmm. That's one of the memories I had. I'm sure they went to final four, lost to Texas Tech. But the other thing to me about that game that made it cool and memorable to me, uh, I was in my back room watching. I don't know where my wife was, but both of my kids were in the room watching. And, you know, they were a little younger then. They were you know, four years ago or so. So they're like, you know, seven, 11, maybe six and 10. They usually don't sit and watch games with me, but for the the last, you know, part of the second half, they were in the room watching with me. And when Goins hit that shot, yeah, I was really excited. And you know, my neighbors could probably hear me yelling. My kids were too. And they had some genuine enthusiasm towards Michigan State winning that game. And they just, the moments watching them hit, make the three to come back, that's just uh, a non-championship, right? They didn't win it that year, but uh, we're talking about a game that I'll remember. That that was it. That that Elite Eight victory to over Duke in 2019. Well said. Well stated. Um, and Max and I, you mentioned we were at that. I believe it was Game Four. We were both at the game, not not together, when the Tigers beat the A's. Um, and Comerica was rocking that day. It, uh, it, it was literally shaking. Scherzer came out of the bullpen. It was an ama- amazing game, and it was a, and every once in a while I'll go to YouTube to watch when Scherzer came out. Um, mine goes all the way back to 2005, uh, Game 7, Eastern Conference Finals. The Pistons went into Miami, and teams generally don't win Game 7s on the road. Um, I watched it from the Palace at Palace Vision. That was uh, Wow. It was, it was awesome. And you just the entire game I felt like they were going to lose. Uh, they just kept fighting and fighting. And I remember the moment I knew they were going to win. They showed Alonzo Mourning on the big screen. And, and I feel like, you know, the Pistons at that point were probably up four with like 10 seconds left. And I think Billups got fouled. 86-82 uh, was a score at that point. I remember that. Uh, they showed Mourning. And I, I don't know why. This is one I don't understand. I really did not like Alonzo Mourning. And I cannot understand why to this day. Um but they showed him, and I think the entire Palace crowd felt it too. We all kind of collectively felt it, and there was electricity. Uh, and then they show the Pistons players, you know, and Larry Brown is is hugging guys, and, and Richard Hamilton's like, this is what we do, this is what we do. And just they, they were such a resilient team. They really should have won the finals that year. Um, I think that that Miami series wore them out and they weren't ready to start the, the next series. They end up losing in seven, but that game was such a power. It, it was, it was just so memorable. So that's my game. So palace vision, you didn't go to Fort field for a, I don't know, was it called lion's vision the other night? I didn't even know they had it. I thought oh, they, you, they were, they did that. I didn't even yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mike, you, listen, jump aboard, man. 
You, I'm, you, I, I'm still tapping on the brakes. It's early. Let's let's wait let's wait and see what happens this week against the team that yeah. they now should oh, be. Yes, exactly. The Super Bowl champions on the road, and we can do, play this game. All right, then let's have the parade. Then let's let's no, crown them. Let's get let's call out Denny Green. No, but you know, the Lions had some guys that were injured too. Their number one cornerback was out there. Their number I, two receiver. I didn't mention anything about injuries. It's a big. I'm win. just saying, a... moving forward now. Okay, they had this great win. They've had some good wins in the past, and they always followed up with a dud. So now they're at home. Barry Sanders statue. That place is going to be rocking and crazy. They should beat Seattle. They absolutely, absolutely. So, but I, so, so point, beat Seattle, and then we can move on. At some point, we don't have to qualify things. This is a no. I'm not qualifying game. anything. I'm just saying they have to win Sunday now to to legitimize that to show that they are that they are parade worthy. All right, Mike. Yeah. Let's let's hear what you have. All to right. Say. So I was going back and forth through my notes, and um, there's a couple that. Um, but to me, I think if I think of all the things you guys discussed and a combination of um, expectations going into the game and that sort of thing. So I'm going back to 2005 as well. AFC divisional round. The Steelers were at the Colts. Peyton Manning hasn't won a Super Bowl at this time. They got smoked earlier and embarrassed on Monday Night Football earlier that season in Indianapolis. It was like one of those games where it was like 17 to nothing, like uh, three minutes in or four minutes in. So after they upset the Bengals the week before and blew out Carson Palmer's knee, uh, Kimo Von Olhoffen, I had very low expectations. I'm like, okay, just don't get embarrassed. The famous don't get embarrassed there. And it was like a total 180 of the Monday night game. The Steelers came out guns a blazing. Uh, Roethlisberger's throwing the ball around. They're up big. And this is the famous Joey Porter. After Troy Palomalu clearly picked off a ball and they replayed Mm -hmm. it and somehow took it away from him. Uh, And this is the famous bet. I mean, so many things. I went from thinking the game was over, the Steelers were going to win, to thinking the game was over, the Colts were going to win, to this missed field goal by Vandejerk, right? That was the famous uh, jerk kicker. kicker. There's so many things to that game. It was really the best game of the AFC, of the whole playoffs that year. Because the going into Denver, I think a plumber was the quarterback and you, I, I, the, uh, the, I didn't, wasn't worried about Denver. They killed them. And then see, we have talked about this before that Seattle Super Bowl. People say that the Steelers didn't play great, but they won, but that Colts game was a heck of a football game. And they were definitely probably if the Steelers weren't the best team that year, and they may not have been, you know, sometimes you say the best team doesn't win uh, than the Colts were the Colt that, that Colts team was very good. And they were on another level that year. That yeah. Was- and, and it was just one of those things where all of a sudden we've seen this in all kinds of sports. The other team comes out, punches you in the nose to start. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to come back from that, no matter how good you are. And the yeah. Colts nearly did, but that one sticks out. Uh, and then just as a side note, so I can prove that I'm a little bit of a baseball guy. And because we have the pirates are very similar to the lions, right? Like no, the, the wild card game against the Reds years, a couple years back, and many, it's getting to be a lot years back, but where the famous where Cueto's pitching, they get them all worked up. He drops the ball, and then the next pitch is a home. I mean, it's the only time in PNC's history that it was like crazy. It, it was just yeah. a great, a great you know, game to Pirates, watch on like TV. Their most famous playoff game, they lost. Yeah. Right? Isn't that the game people yeah. remember the Pirates for? Yeah. yeah. Talked about that game on here. Yeah. So, yes, yes. Unfortunately, yes. Now, if you go back into the, you know, you got Mazeroski hitting up. We're not, you know, they're even older. There's some classic ones, but yeah, that's, so that's it. But definitely, that, yes, that 05 uh, divisional game against Colts. And I will be going back to the scene of the crime this December. Nice. Um, hopefully, they're, hopefully the Steelers are playing a little better by then in December uh, when I get when I go out there to see them. So, but I like this topic. Great topic. You, we, we were talking at my desk and I was throwing around different games and I had to make sure it was a non-championship game. I don't want to get all the Wings fans angry and drop the Penguins winning that's game seven at Joe Penguins winning game seven at Joe Lewis, but that doesn't count as a championship game. Speaking of the Red Wings, right? They had the the game in Colorado where they just like lit them up game seven. We were at the track state finals in that game. Yep. Embarrassed. Embarrassed. um, embarrassed I think if you go for wings and I'm not a wings fan, but I think most wing fans will probably say that famous game where Iserman beat St. Louis in overtime with the long slap. I, I think that's pretty – I mean, that's just a crazy game and the way that ended. I, to me, I'm not a Wings fan, and I'm sure Wings fans may say no because they didn't win the – I don't know if they went on to win the they did Cup not. that year. They, they got but but, but that game, that's a huge – that was a huge yes. way to win a game. Oh, it's incredible. Series. That's an incredible yeah. moment in Detroit sports history. The, the sound of, you know, the little the, thing. The thing, yeah. It's yep. just such a cool mo- – yeah, yeah. All right, well, great I, great topic, Mike. Great topic. I think, uh, we, we like I said, we flipped – changed things up a little bit, keeping it fresh. So yes. that brings us to overrated, underrated, which is going to be education related. 
Yeah. We're fresh off of our open house. Now, was Shoemate's open house before school started, Max? Shoemate's like the open house was the first day of school. Okay. Uh, the elementaries were before before started started. okay so we're gonna do overrated underrated open house slash parent teacher conferences because there's you know if you don't add it up a little bit there's not a lot there to talk about so um you know there's we've done these as employees we've i've gone to them as a parent i used to go to the elementary ones uh, especially the elementary ones as a parent i know like i talked to max sometimes i would put this on my wife to do more because like especially at the I, i you know i work with all these people my wife can be the one to go sort of meet and talk to them. So Max, what do you got for overrated conferences slash open house? All right. Especially, I guess I'm leaning more towards the conference part, but uh, the overrated is just the notion that, that you need them to talk about your kid, right? Here, here we are in 2023 grades are not a mystery, right? Yeah. Uh, everybody has 24 hour access to all of their kids grade, you know, uh, Gibraltar, we have this parent connect system. Uh, but it's a two-way street also, right? I, I shouldn't be waiting. Oh, I hope this parent shows up. I really need to talk to them. Like I can pick up a phone. I can send an email. We have parent square. It works great. Right. And I, and I can reach out to parents and says, Hey, your, your kid was terrific. You know, your kid really did this, or uh, I'm really pleased with the progress they're making. Or if the kids are struggling with something or if an issue arises, I can go to my desk right away, sit at the computer and send a text message to their phone. So we have this all the time. Like right? there's no mysteries involved. We have access, you know, parents have access to me almost 24 hours a day. I have the same uh, access to them, you know, when, whenever I need it. So we can always be in contact. Like the notion that I can only talk to a parent on at parent-teacher conferences on, well, this year they're like, I don't know, November the 10th or, or whenever they are. That's just so uh, out of date, right? It's, it's we're, we're at a different era now, a different time. We can communicate constantly. I think you make a good point. It's twofold. Like you said, the grades are always there. And the communicational tools are much more prevalent than when we first started. It used to be you'd only talk to these parents at conferences, at open house, if they showed up. Right. And, the, and they didn't know what the grade was. We just fill in the bubble at the end of the semester, and it was sort of like, here it is. So it's not only they can see the group. So a lot of parents' questions are going to be answered by just looking at the grades. They don't even need to talk to you. Right. And then even if they do, they don't need to come to a single night. They could send you an email, send you communication like you said through the. We have because of COVID. Uh, we started COVID year, we did the Zoom conferences, and then everyone said, oh, my goodness, that was so much better. So the parents didn't have to take off work to come sit, stand in line and talk to me for five minutes, right? And now we just set it up. They they do them. We still use the Zoom, which I think is better. So at least we can check in that way. But you know, think about the old way where you had to take a day off work to come talk to all your kids' teachers. What, yep. And pencil you know in it. Yep, exactly. Mike, what do you got? So... Mine is more focused on conferences because open house is a little bit different. You you know, parents and kids, especially kids, especially kids entering a new school should be at open house to figure out where things are and all that stuff. But so I'm going to focus more on conferences. When a parent brings their kid to conferences and you're having this conference and there's the three of you there, it is so awkward. And a lot of times the parents will begin to get mad at the kid right in front of you <laughs> and sometimes berate the kid right in front of you. Yeah. And you're just sitting there like just trying stating to look facts. Right. And like, and, and then sometimes the teacher will ask you a follow-up question and then you have to answer it when you know, this kid is about to get berated even more. It, it's such a horrible feeling. So I, I guess almost a PSA parents don't bring your kids to the conferences. It's, it's just, or, or have them sit in on the zoom <laughs> zoom. Right. So yeah, that's my overrated. Um, Mine, I, and again, this is going to tie into a little bit what Max said. I almost think the second round is not even needed. Uh, now I get it in the high school. There might be some schedule changes. I look at my son's schedule, but I think in the middle school, other than electives, right? Things pretty standard. Yeah. Am you I have saying? the same teacher for all your four classes the whole entire year, but yeah. that's why we only have one conference. I always thought it was a little strange that the high school has two, but the middle yes. school only has one. Yes. We have a second round for some reason. And there are some changes. I know on Nate's schedule this year, he has a, a t, he has Don Win right now for chemistry, and then he, and because people's schedules change and stuff, yeah. so he has McLean in semester two. Uh, but for the most part, he has the same math teacher all year. He's the same English. He has the same AP U.S. history teacher. So it's sort of like, and like I said, with all the other things that Max talked about that are there, I really don't think there needs to be a. And and Mike, you can tell, you can you know put your, but like our second round is so under. Oh man. Attended. It is. Right. It's like, you got to beg people. Yeah. Cause at that point, it's sort of like they get, it. they met you once. 
and, and you got to like like I, I don't know like offer gift cards or something for people to join a zoom because nobody Nobody's like you said, between the between the fact of everyone knowing what's going on, between the fact that good teachers are communicating anyway, if kids are having trouble, that nobody wants to sit there and make an appointment for 10, 15 minutes. Right, right. So second round so, of conferences, not needed. I was very I was very curious what the uh, librarian was going to offer on parent teacher conferences. <laughs> I do have, I do class, have, Max. I do, well, first of all, I have leadership skills this semester, but I do have library parents that signed up in the past. I had people yesterday, I signed off a, a couple of open house slips too, so I can library. see open house kind of show up the library, see what it's like, because obviously well, the media center is way different now than it was when you know we when we were younger. Yeah. Although parents parents now are are younger than we are, it's something that we're gonna have to get yes. used to. Yes, that's that's definitely true. All right, underrated Max, what do you have underrated? Right. Uh, underrated, like parents and teachers, right? We're partners in this. We're we're partners in education, but the underrated part is we're also partners in the community. So this is a chance for you to just kind of meet that person because you're going to see them over and over. And like right now I teach five seventh grade classes and I have a seventh grade daughter. So I see these parents, right? Kroger trick or treating at the youth sports stuff and all of that. So Joe's prime time. <laughs> so we're, we're partners in a community. We're doing a lot of the same things together. We're working together. You know, my wife is a, a band booster now. She's had all these band things, not as a teacher, but as a parent of a, of a, a kid in a band. So that's the underrated part to me about this is getting to just meet those other parents that you're going to be working with, you know, in, in my older daughter's case, the next four years, my younger daughter's case that for the next six years. So we can start to, to know them and deal with them and build relationships as community members, you know, not necessarily as parents and teachers. And I think that's one of the unique things about our district. We have so many parents that really are community members, right? So many of us, all three of us have kids that that come with us, right? Mike didn't used to live here. He moved his kids in. You know, the, the people on two sides of me, they, they both live or lived at one point out of the district and sent their kids. So that's a really unique thing that the, the parents, the teachers are also parents. We're also community members. So to me, that's the underrated part is getting to, you know, do those other things. And and the open house and the conferences, you get to to meet these people. That's that's another great point. I and I and I think when I think when you as you were talking that the name that just popped into my head, who my wife and I are very blessed to know, and I'm we've talked is Coach Tony uh, Saavedra and yes. his wife Patricia because of the age of our boys, and Nate and his in Austin had played basketball and baseball and grew up through the years. They run cross country together now. And you want to talk about heavily involved community parents it's just great people to have uh along your side so they're you know in the past it would have been max just somebody that i coached right uh but because nate was in the age with this the son it's not just somebody i coach now they're friends and they're people that make every program that we're involved with better basketball yeah. uh cross country the school in general their so youngest son is on the cross country team which i'm coaching right now i know that's going to be probably my last season with the savagers and i go way back with their oldest kid mm-hmm yeah. Funny story about being as community members last year, right? I we're trick-or-treating. And this girl walks by my house. She's getting ready to walk up and she's with her dad. And I don't really know her. And but the I hear the dad say, Oh, that's the guy from the basketball league. And and the girl turns around and said, He's also my teacher. And he was like, Oh. And then my younger daughter, Erin, it's her grade, right? She's now friends with the girl and just met around the corner. But now we, you know, we have these community things and that's you know if we're not at the schools we're not the open house we don't get to meet these people so yep no great 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 tip great suggestion mike what do you got so as i was watching last night so we had an open house last night but we did it we do it a different way at carlson and I, I think it's really really cool we're outside and we kind of just set up by table by department um and, and it just struck me everybody's having a good time and so kind of a jumping off what max said uh, I, you know, we think in Carl Gibraltar and rightfully so the homecoming game is amazing. Mike, you put on an amazing show, no doubt, uh, even though you're not around in the second half to see it, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I think I will be this year with the um, Jaguars in town, but I, uh, I, I it's, it, this is like a community hub type thing that I, I think people don't really think of it that way, but man, if you looked out yesterday and just looked at people, everyone's having a good time smiles on everybody's faces you know you get all these different peoples all different backgrounds and persuasions and all that stuff and, and pe it really truly is a community hub that we have created here and, and i don't think people think of it that way very often i think it's to a lot of people it's more of an educational opportunity but it's a lot more than that so i'm going the underrated just the, the community atmosphere kind of jumping off what max said and just applying it to what we did yesterday 
All right. Well, I'm just going to attach it. My my note said our style of open house yesterday. Max mentioned people see in the library. People don't see the library because we set it almost like up in the street fair sort of. I equivalent mm -hmm. I equate it to a street fair. Yeah. We have yeah. food trucks out there. Right. Um, each department has a table with games. We're dressed casually. You know, it used to be the at band. open house. To, we had the band playing. Yeah. Yesterday. The maestro had the marching maestro. band play. Community groups were there. Kiwanis was there. I know, like uh, the athletic boosters were there. Mr. Just it's not, and there's contests and stuff so that if you visit all your teachers, there's scholarships we give away. I donate two homecoming tickets every open house so that two kids will win a homecoming ticket, $25 value. Uh, but it's a great way to do it. The weather was perfect. We're thankful for but, that. The weather's not, it, it, you know, if the weather doesn't work out, you're sort of right. out of luck. Because we lucked out, but, though. We but, but we've been lucky, knock on wood, every year that we've done this. And it's a, it's a great method. Now, again, uh, does does do, do as eleven hundred families or I, we don't have I guess we have eleven hundred kids but do nine hundred families come no but you know what it's better than I remember the old days Mike you'd go in the building you'd get a schedule they would ring the bells actually and you would go like from hour to hour you'd have all these parents aimlessly wandering around yes. whereas this is it's it's just a much more casual I think it's it's less stress for us Relax, as a staff yes, and it's God, less stress know. for the community members. I think it's a lot easier. I think to back in the old way we did it too. You're right, man. They go bell to bell and then you'd have to explain, figure something out <laughs> to fill this time and parents would walk in. So you have to figure out, well, what do they need to hear that I already explained to them? It was yep. just, this is and, wonderful. And the poor parents that have more than one kid. Yes. You school, couldn't even right? do the it. Parents are trying to do the right things and emphasize education and show everyone that they care, show their kids that they, you know, they're serious about their education. Well, now if they get two kids, how are they supposed to be both in this little 10 minute class? Right. Right. And, and that's, so that's something great that Trish Boucher does and Matt Patricia Kelly Warren does uh, putting on, <laughs> I knew you'd get a good kick out of that. And really? I think Dr. Rice had some involvement in that back in the day. I don't know. I don't want to short anybody uh, on the creation of that event. So uh, great event, great topic. I like how we did the, uh, the flip-flop on it. All right. It is hot mic time. Uh, Max, I think you have one, right? Like, yeah, you were, you were... I, I do have one. I, okay. I, I want to go back a couple of weeks to that awful storm that we had. Right. And everybody was so upset and everyone's out power. People were blasting DTE, but I, I'm thinking like DTE deserves some praise in this whole thing. Like think about that storm that we had, we had tornadoes, plural, right? One of them hit less than a half mile from my house. I know very close to you guys too. We had, but tornadoes, plural, this is, Hopefully a, a once in a lifetime thing. Right. Half a million, million people without power. Like literally right by my house, there were utility poles laying on the ground. Of course we can't have power then. Okay, This weather was so severe. I don't know what people ex expect. And here it is less than 72 hours later, almost a million people without power. They had it restored. To me, that's pretty amazing. I know I was one of the later ones to get it back, but still less than two days. And thank goodness my neighbor Ross loaned me a generator because he has three. That's just kind of who he is. So he loaned me one of his. I, I've since bought my own to be ready in case this happens again. But I just thought that was amazing. The DTE could restore almost a million people power in less than 72 hours, especially with that damage. I said, you guys saw Allen Road, right? You saw those utility poles. Awful. So uh, th thank you, DTE, right? there. There's other times that I get annoyed if mine goes out for seemingly no reason, but in a a situation like that with all of that going on. And I, I just thought that was pretty amazing. You know, I agree with you too. And I think sometimes we sort of downplayed what the storm acts because, you know, you hear tornado and nobody's houses were really, you know, you think of tornadoes you see out in the Midwest where there's like actually leveled houses. We were fortunate that we didn't have any of that here. We had some roof damage and tree damage. And, and this really hit home for me this week because we were trying to figure out, we were down one float trailer. Uh, because every grade had picked theirs up by August 21st and the seniors are trying to get theirs. I was losing my mind yelling at the student council kids saying, who took two trailers? I'm yelling. I finally called the bus garage, talked to Miss Sherry Frazier, uh, a, a great employee we have in the district. And I'm like going on and on about no one's going to steal these trailers, Sherry. It has to be somewhere. Blah, blah. And she goes like, well, Mike, did you ever consider the tornado? We got the bus garage area got hit really hard. It was right up there by Ellen. Lost part, lost its roof, lost the radio antenna. Sure enough, that trailer is back in the wetlands. It got picked up, and I spent this whole week yelling at student council kids. But again, I, I agree. I'm usually very patient with DTE. And and, if, and around us, Mike, I don't remember it kicked on that Saturday night. Yeah, It would have been on and working that night, but yeah. they had, but it over 
because right. of, they didn't take into account and it blew a transform. It was a safety feature. And that's why it took like another 12 hours because it really yeah. was like another 12 hours. So in reality, we almost would have had it Saturday night. Yeah, 48 hours, have, yeah. Yeah, which is, which is amazing. I, I, I'm usually very patient and I get it. Nobody likes to have any of that stuff. And, and again, we were blessed and lucky that it, it could it could have been much worse, I guess is the way I can put it too. We have had two crazy storms. If you think about this year, the ice storm in March, I believe yeah. it was March. And we weren't off that. We weren't off that long at all. There were people like in other, like northern. We got it back pretty quick for that one. I thought. I I don't think I lost it during the ice storm. It helps though that my my lines are buried. They're underground where we are. Yeah. So are so are ours, but we have a big transformer station here, and I think that's the problem. All right, my hot mic. Do you want mind if I go, Mike, or do you want to go first? Uh, I'll go first. We'll just we'll. All right. No, you know what? We're going off script, Mike. We're doing everything different. We're today. rotating we're everything okay. today. Flipping, we're flipping everything. everything today. So breaking news today, I saw as I got home from practice, I normally, I, re I read the news in the morning and I'll read it again in the afternoon through my various sites. Did you see which U.S. Senator has announced that he's not rerunning for office at a reasonably age of retirement? Senator Mitt Romney has announced that he is oh, not. Oh, I get you. Know, yes. <laughs> um, right about the age that somebody probably yeah. should retire. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, so I sat there and I, I started thinking, I'm like, we've had things in the past month or so with. Senator Feinstein and then Mitch McConnell, the memes, of course, with uh, both of them, uh, you know, hanging on and hanging on. And of course, presidential candidates. And I'm sitting here and I'm, I've am i come now, I've accepted that more than likely there will not be a Generation X president in the next election. So still not one of, at all. Obama is a young baby boomer. I looked it up just to make sure that I was right about this. Obama uh, is not a Gen Xer. So we're shut out in uh, 2024. So will there be a Gen X president? I mean, I'm guessing we are. I just have this feeling. I mean, obviously things can change. Will 2028 be the first Gen X president? Our generation. Or, and we're going to be... We we're, oh, yeah. We or do we... It. Yeah. Like, again, it's sort of like we are. We're like this... And again, I don't... I don't it, it's amazing to me that because of the ages of... And I, I, I guess part of me thought too, like Obama, I thought Obama was part of our generation and he wasn't. So I was sort of misled by that. I didn't realize that he was a young boomer, right. not an old, not an old generation Xer, but you're right. I mean, we got to have somebody, right? One, one would think I, I, man, I, and you know, I, this is one thing I find bipartisan agreement amongst my friends, like, man, some of these guys, what are they holding on for? I, it makes zero sense. I, 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 I want to. I, if I could I'm retire sure, now, I, I'm, yes, I'm 46. I'm. I mean, I'm 48. I'd retire tomorrow if I financially right. could. Never. I definitely. I definitely wouldn't want to do a job where I'm traveling all over the country, right? Giving speeches and getting blasted every night on the news. I definitely right. would not. Not at 40. Of the people of the, are not going to like you. You know. Think of the stress that you deal with in your job as a librarian. Imagine right. the stress the president of the United States would be under. <laughs> right. Uh, it's it's insane. I mean, I hope to make it to 80. I'm not, I mean, I'm not even trying to joke around. I hope that I can say that yeah. at 80, I'm celebrating my 80th birthday. Not that I'm still working and I, I don't get it. What I'm not, this isn't blue or red. Good for Mitt Romney. You did it right. You, you know what? You ran. He's, he also gets a lot of crap there from in, in the state he's in. Here's a guy that in one of the safest red states in the country, and right. he can't, he can't, can't even win out there. Like you get, they get, they blast him. Like, I don't know what, like if you can't, you can't be making people happy out there. I don't know where you, you're never going to make anybody happy. So that's my hot mic take. Uh, can, I want, so like Biden's collecting social security, right? Like all these guys, like, or do they have to not collect it? I don't, I don't even know. I don't know how that works. If you're in politics, that's a good question. I don't know. So, I don't know what to ask. I'm sure somebody will tell us and let us know. All right, Mike. Since we did the flip-flop, what's your hot mic take? So going off age, just a different direction. Totally. Um, yeah, I, I this just came to me, and I I was thinking I'm gonna I wonder what the the listener could offer on this. Um, you know, I used to be able to ride virtually any roller coaster. Um, and I was I was talking to Rob Raymond, our colleague, uh, the other day, and the thought of like amusement parks in general now, I, I are just I I think of spinny rides. Oh man, I might throw up. Um, I think of like I used to go on the Magnum. I think of the Magnum. Like, whoa, that's too high. I can't do that. Like. <laughs> What issues, what has changed in your life? Obviously, you physically. How about, how about the merry-go-round? Can you ride the merry-go-round? <laughs> I probably could, but again, there's that's a spinny ride. Um, so I, I'm just curious, like, as you get older, what, what, this is, this is psychological, right? And obviously your body breaks down when you're, when you're, you know, when you try to do sports and stuff like that. I've 
I, that's clear to me. I can't do a lot of things, but um, now in my mid forties, I can't really do too much in amusement parks anymore. And that wasn't the case before. So I'm wondering uh, for the listener, is there anything that has changed in your life that you could do before, but not, with uh, obvious, obviously not physically, but that you could, you could do before, but you can't do anymore. I'm just curious. Like I, um, I'd be curious if, if I'm an exception on this or am I the rule? Cause like I said, I cannot do the, a lot of the things that amusement parks I used to be able to do. I just haven't gone. I mean, I, the last time I did amusement parks, we did Disney and the kids were young and I rode the stuff and didn't really have an issue, but I never, I haven't, I haven't been to Cedar point in ages. I, I, you know, and I would ride the stuff and I wouldn't get sick, but I just, it's just not something that interests me. I always joke around if Cedar Park, Cedar Point sold a food only admission, I would buy that. Like you had, like you had to wear a wristband and they wouldn't let you on any rides, but I'd go get the cheese fries and other stuff like that. Oh man, you're, you're going to get hammered on this one. <laughs> so that's my thought on that. So Max, are you a ride person? Uh, I mean, your I kids are still younger. Probably 20 years. And then last summer, my kids had never been. We're like, all right, you guys are going. We're taking you to Cedar Point. But then my my younger daughter, Erin, she didn't want to ride those things. So my older daughter, Shannon, she wanted to ride literally everything. Okay. So then we really couldn't split that up. So like I did the Iron Dragon. We made her ride the Gemini. Oh, man, that was. <laughs> she, she has since been making kids it. ride stuff. She went. This this past summer, then she went with a couple friends, and Shannon went with her basketball team. But it's like I didn't have a problem. I, I I get I do notice I get dizzier now, faster than I like than I used to. But I used to always ride the spinny rides. Anything that I went on at Cedar Point, it was fine. So like I said, but I, I didn't do some of the the real crazy ones, like the the big ones that they're known for. But like I said, I, I did do the corkscrew, so I went upside down, and you know that's so old now, it really moves you around Gemini same way. Oh it's, yeah. Well, we did uh. We did the blue streak with the blue. That's what I was going to ask. Well, Aaron, I don't blame her for hating that because you know, compared to the new rides, it's such oh, yeah. a rough ride. It beats oh, you up. But but you know, I, I was fine doing that. So I I guess I probably could still do most of those. But I I do get dizzy uh, a lot quicker than I used to. But the rides didn't seem to bother me. Getting old sucks. I wonder if uh, Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden can handle any of any of those. I bet you Joe Biden could. You see those videos of him running down the steps. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe that maybe the, that should be the test. I, I noticed for though it's the same staircase he's always running down. So okay. <laughs> maybe it should be the test for candidates if they can handle the mean streak, yeah. or uh, or maybe, maybe they got to run to the top of the Washington Monument <laughs> to see if they can handle all those steps. I don't know how many people can handle any of that. So, um, all right, so we're gonna wrap up this week's episode. No, I mean, well, do you? I'm not even gonna talk college games. I mean, Michigan State has a pretty big college game, right? They, they do in Washington, do. and they got a lot going on. But let's just stick with our pro stuff. Lions and the Sea Chickens. Mike, straight up, who do you got? You were right oh, on the. Uh, you were right. Where, on do, the... where do you think I'm going with it? We're winning this game, man. This double is, digits. Uh, this is this is gonna be a two touchdown win. Oh, 14 points. All right, excellent, Max. If 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 they are these new Lions, it, it will be that way. So we'll see. Oh, uh, you're 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 saying double digits too? I'm saying it should be like okay. I mean, the line, you know, I saw the line is like, it's one of the bigger spreads, but it's less than a touchdown. Seattle, I just saw, is losing both of their starting tackles. It's like they have oh. somebody, they, they lost to the Rams, who were supposed to be awful last week. Like, these, based on last week, these Lions should win by, you know, more than a touchdown, certainly. And then you could say that, okay, it's changed. But if, if they have that, you know, old up-down, as Wojo likes to say, then, then we'll see. But I... I'm hopeful. I'm hey Mike, more hopeful that this year's team can win this game that they would have lost in the past. Mike, do you mind if I talk about how the two tackles getting hurt is going to impact my fantasy team? <laughs> no, nobody wants to hear that. But my, speaking of Wojo, Max and I are going to see Wojo tonight. Are you or tomorrow night? Are you in on that? He'll be at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Woodhaven. No, I have I have stuff going on tomorrow. Oh well, then you're. I mean, we're gonna try to round people yeah. up. Nate's working. I asked him for a spec. Nate already told me today. He's like, "Hey, Dad, maybe like when they walk in, I should just act like I don't know who they are and tell them sorry." There's like a forty minute wait, and I tried to explain to them. There's probably going to be like a table set up with like radio gear. It's not going to be just these two guys walking in asking so, for a table and a gin and tonic. All right. So by the time the by the time this this airs, right, we will have seen Wojo and Rieger. Oh yeah, that's true. That's I have, Rieger you know. is. He catches a lot of hate from this, but he plays it very well. I, oh, I, he's I, great. He's great uh, at what he does. Self-deprecating humor. He's 
even even before I became a state of Michigan man, I loved he he handled that perfectly the way he gets state under, fans all worked up. Un, underrated Jeff Rieger. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He as a matter of fact, it, I think it was the state central game. He sent a tweet out ridiculing Michigan State, and from that moment on, state put the <laughs> gas to the floor and beat. And he's like, of course. Yeah. And, he, and, and unlike other people that would have just ignored it or maybe even deleted the tweet or the X or whatever it's called now, he actually retweeted his own tweet and said, <laughs> ever since I tweeted this, it's whatever to nothing so, state. So, so I, Wojo it, has passed that along to him. Wojo has the power with the no hitters and now. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think the Lions are going to win. I don't, you know, the NFL is, 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 is a tough, uh, it tough is. sport. It, winning by more than double. Di- I mean, like what the 49ers did to the Steelers, I mean, that's tough to do. I mean, what Dallas did to the Giants, I mean, it, it's a tough thing to do, but it's, but that was a lot of those for week one. Usually most games are within 10 points and week one, we saw quite a few that ended up not being that way. I mean, the Browns embarrassed the Bengals, um, you know, I may, you know, maybe that's a, like a week one thing where it's just, uh, uh, you know, teams are a little rusty. I, I think the Lions will win. I also, I don't see the Steelers going 0-2, even though the Browns look pretty good. I think I think that if they don't, they're in big trouble. Like I said, Mike Tomlin may be in East Lansing before the end of the season. We don't even know, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> kind of a, well, uh, uh, gladly, gladly, gladly. <laughs> so, uh, Max, you were a great guest. You did a great job. Um, you know, people we, we talk about, we're very proud of how we just sort of hit record and go. And that's what we did tonight. You did a great job. Great guest. We love, I, I, I always look forward to those early texts Yeah. Uh, or I'm get nervous this week. If I, if I will offer feedback this week or not, yeah. I get nervous when I get the text of, did you guys do one? And we did do one. So I immediately yeah. go look for it and I'm like, okay, wait, it's just sometimes because just for people not in the industry, like the uh, Rocky Georgie's like YouTube. World, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you, industry staples. the uploading of it, Spotify, runs the base uploading of all these Spotify, a, a company owned by Spotify, who then kicks it out to all the other companies. Okay. So it's always immediately up on Spotify. There's something funky with the other sites. There's a little more of a delay. So if you ever want it as early and fresh as possible, it's best to go with the Spotify, but not that, you know, not, not that we're the Joe Rogan experience or anything, but <laughs> Mike, are you all right? You got a roll here. This is it's funny. Right, well, I'm hey, the one that takes the heat for all this stuff. You make more jokes than I do. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm just trying to explain the inner workings of the, uh, the podcast. So a uh, great episode. Uh, we will see you back next week. Right, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Yeah.